lost in menstruation. Welcome to Lost in Menstruation, a podcast for women who want to find a better way to hormonal health. I'm your host, Gemma Barry, an ex-nurse, period activist, comedian and herbalist. You might think that's a strange combination, but I wouldn't be where I am without those skills, let me tell you. Be ready for health tips and banter, no filter talking, belly laughs, and most importantly, finding your map so you aren't lost in menstruation. This is the stuff you wish you'd known years ago, but it's never too late. Let's get started. Hello loves, how are you? And welcome back to another episode of Lost in Menstruation. Today I wanted to share with you my story of why I don't have kids, basically. And it's a funny one because stories are so empowering and so they resonate so much with us and when you're living your life you can sometimes bat them off and think nah just stuff that happens to me you know it's not really important or significant or whatever and then with a little time and a little hindsight probably you look back on it and you think blimey actually that was a bit of a That was a bit of a moment, that really. And it dominated the majority of my 30s, I think it's fair to say. Um, So I have never wanted children. Uh, It's never been on my radar. Uh, I knew that from pretty young age and, you know, was totally fine with that concept, really. I've always loved animals and yeah get a lot of joy and pleasure from looking after dogs and they've always been like a big part of my life and uh, my brothers have children my partner's family have kids and so we've always had kids and stuff in the family but very much of the opinion that I welcome other people to do it but I didn't want to do it myself and funnily enough I worked really deeply for a while in birth and pregnancy and I'd get those like are you you know when are you gonna have kids and at that time it was really difficult for me to kind of articulate how I felt about it Mark and I got married relatively young now uh, when you think about it um, I was just 26 and uh yeah I mean it just seems crazy to me now it seems very young but we were really happy and that's where we wanted to be and we did and it was great and we went off traveling for a year afterwards and it was fantastic it was the best year of my life for sure um and then when we were away the subject of kids came up and I visibly well I I feel it deeply the moment that this occurred to me and we were in New Zealand we were in uh, New Zealand's famed for its uh, baths spas a bit like bath in the UK and we I don't I can't quite think what it was but anyway the subject of kids came up and it was 
very much seen as when we got back home that that's what we would do we would we would have kids we would settle down we'd get all grown up and and have a family and I had an epiplectic if that's even a word reaction in my body I was stood in this really dull boring museum bawling my eyes out because I knew that wasn't what I wanted when I got home and there was this kind of bitter sweetness, I suppose, about the rest of the trip that when I got back, I was going to have to face this thing that seemed rather large and insurmountable, if I'm perfectly honest. So when we got home and we, you know, got back into life and got back into jobs and all of that kind of thing, and the baby fever kind of died down a little bit from my partner and kind of our friends and family. And then it ramped up. (laughs) It ramped up to quite massive portions, proportions. um, And it would be people that I didn't know it would be people that I know it would be people I was working with it it was all bets were off it was everybody actually um and it was really incredibly difficult to deal with because Mark and I weren't on the same page at this point we were um very much at odds with our decision making. I was, you know, had never wanted kids and was finding myself in this place of, hmm, this might be a kind of do or die for our marriage and our partnership together. And he was very much in the camp that he wanted children and, you know, that had been a vision that he had held for our relationship and our marriage and everything else. And so it was it was very difficult. It was very difficult for us to talk about it together without there being some sort of argument or certainly a lot of tears and upset. And this rattled on for quite some time. And you just kind of, you just kind of deal with it and hope for the best. We sought some counselling um we tried couples therapy it wasn't particularly helpful and eventually we found our own path with it we each had a counselor and that actually did um did work really well but the message was really strong at that time whenever i was looking for any kind of articles or books or support in or you know just a conversation or a chat room or anything I all I found was you will either have to split up or I as the woman would have to have a baby and very much like my diagnosis with endo I was like okay this rock and a hard place this just cannot be this just cannot be the 
only way through this it just can't it can't be this kind of black and white very hard decision making and I had absolutely said to Mark you know if that's something that you really want and you know it's bigger than our relationship then that's what you must seek and find you know like I wasn't going to stand in his way and I know that the call for having children and stuff is is a very internal and deep and you know almost um primitive kind of call in your body and if that's what something if that's what's in somebody then that wasn't for me to stand in their way and so you know had that been something that he really wanted to pursue and um then I wouldn't have stood in his way and he would have gone with my blessing it would have been horrific and hideous but you know I understood the place that we had arrived and what also was really helpful at this point was any time that I ever broached the subject or tried to find answers people would helpfully have said to me well it's your own fault because you should have talked about this before you got married um you know this this would never have happened had you had you spoken about this to each other and I just call bullshit on that because things change you know you could like a music group when you first meet somebody and then you can detest them later on for whatever reasons and it's very much like this you know like we were young we'd kind of talked about it I'd said I'm not really bothered about having kids it's not really on my agenda and Mark rightly or wrongly thought I'd probably change my mind and didn't even we just didn't think anything of it we were in love we wanted to be together and you know you're just not that calculated maybe about those kind of things so I don't see that as an argument that has any kind of legs really because we're humans it's the human condition and people can change and I know loads of people that have said I don't want children and they've gone on and had children um And that's totally okay. We're all allowed to change our minds, right? And we're all allowed to think that those kind of things can happen, and they do. But I knew in my heart of hearts that that was never going to be the case. And so when I actually did have that conversation, um, and, you know, we sat down and I said, this isn't something I'm just going to wake up one day in my 30s and be like oh suddenly my biological clock is ticking away and I'm I'm going to want to have children I that's not my story it's not what I want and that was quite healing to admit that out loud properly and to explain it and not be apologetic for it and as woo as this might seem to a lot of people and I'm sure there will be women out there who have endo and think I'm batshit crazy for even saying it but when I went for my surgery I made affirmations about letting that guilt go that I didn't have children because I did feel guilty for the sorrow and grief that Mark was feeling I felt guilt strongly and to my core like I felt awful um 
about myself. I felt like I was letting down the person that I loved. And I felt like a failure as a woman, you know? And I'd had those things said to me when I was training for Mizan. I had people who didn't even give it a second thought say to me, you need to put a baby in that uterus. Or, you know, you're getting on a bit now, you need to think about having kids. Or who's going to look after you when you're old? Aren't you really selfish for not having children? You ought to have a baby for your husband. He deserves for you to have a child. Like, when you think about the loadedness of those statements, just wow, just wow. That is some pretty heavy shit right there. Because we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Mark and I could have been really struggling with a fertility challenge for anyone new. And there are plenty of couples out there that are struggling with that, who are still being repeatedly pestered about when they're going to have children. And they might have had like, you know, several miscarriages. All of that, which is massively painful. So it's so important to be mindful of the shit chat that we just think is innocuous by asking somebody if they're going to get married or if they're going to have kids or if they've got a child why haven't they got another one or if they've got two boys when are they going to try to have a girl or vice versa this obsession we have around other people's business is frightening frankly and it's really unhealthy and I think I mean we've all asked those questions I'm pretty sure and you can only do better when you know and so if you're listening to this and you've had those conversations and you're reflecting on it now thinking oh shit yeah that's probably was a bit clumsy then just know that we've all been there but aim to not do it in the future and maybe educate others you know pass pass that on so anyway once we had had this very clear conversation about where we were going to be I thought right let's see if we can maybe find some couples therapy or whatever and therein was another nightmare and hence why we ended up going to separate therapists because we reached out to several couples counsellors therapists whatever you like to call them and we had mixed reviews back from therapists that never even met us I remember Mark being really upset by an email that he received of a therapist who said well it's very simple your wife's obviously depressed and you need to leave her because your marriage will never work under these circumstances this person had never even met us <laughs> and was buying into that societal crap that there is no way around this. At this point, I was so annoyed 
I wrote a sternly worded email back to that therapist and decided, well, and offered that they actually should probably resign if this was the kind of bullshit they were giving out to people having that they'd never met them. And we, I sat down to the computer and I just thought, you know what, there's got to be something out there. And I searched and I searched and I searched and I wish I'd saved the article because I found this article was um i think a couple that were therapists in america and they were kind of specialists in this problem about one or the other not wanting children and they were the only this was the only article i had ever read that said there is another way there absolutely is it takes a little effort, it takes a lot of compassion, it takes a lot of communication, but there is another way around it. And I printed this off, I sent it to Mark, I printed it off, we read it, and it was a huge sense of relief that there was someone else out there that believed there was a third route and that you could stay together, but you could make it work with this situation. And that was a massive relief, like a huge, huge relief and weight off of our shoulders that we we had this hope, we suddenly had hope that we could make this work and we really wanted to make it work because we really liked hanging out with each other. And so we set to, we found our own counsellors and we worked through our own stuff and obviously Mark was working on um finding other pathways of you know how life would look without kids and how that you know what that would look like for him and and what that would mean and mine was a lot of letting go of the guilt and releasing a lot of trauma in my body about how I wasn't the person that everyone thought I was there is a lot of emphasis put on mothers um, and becoming mothers and I know I'm not the only person who may well have learned about the the four goddesses a maiden mother wise woman crone and if anyone's been to any kind of women's circles or anything like that then and we'll have all heard about these things. And I had a real, I had real beef with the mother because the mother is always predicted, you know, or um, perceived as, as a pregnant woman. It's very like earthy and, and, you know, gorgeous and, and just oozing all things to do with being an actual mother and pregnancy and, and all of that kind of thing and birth and, and I just, I just didn't align with her at all. I, I didn't have anything to do with this, this sort of goddess type person of my makeup. And I'd feel really angry about it. I'm like, well, I'm not a maiden and I'm not really a wise woman or a crone. Like I am in this part of my life, but I don't align with it. And I was actually at a, um, a day retreat with the wild women um retreats and 
we'd had a really a beautiful day and you know we'd learned a lot and, and shared and talked but the main premise of it had been around the four goddesses and and we'd done a lot of work around that and I at the end of the day we had a sharing circle and you know you're invited to get up and say whatever you want and I found myself standing before I even thought about what the hell it was I was going to (laughs) say and I stood up and it was almost like I was at some sort of like AA meeting Um, and I said hi my name is Gemma and I don't want children and there were tears (laughs) that I don't really remember much else about that but it was very cathartic and it was very amazing to stand publicly in a very safe place and speak my truth and it was the first time I'd really done that and afterwards I had several women came up to me and say how brave thank you so much for speaking up I feel the same way I had children and I felt the same way um I didn't I didn't know any better and um thank you for saying what you did and that really surprised me because I had I had this perception that you know I was the one who was in the wrong. I was the one that was the weirdo. I was the one that wasn't conforming to societal's beliefs that I should just, you know, run off and, and pop out several babies. And I know that friends of mine were worried about telling me that they were pregnant because they knew how I felt and they thought I'd see that as some sort of slur on me, that they were pregnant. I mean, it, the weirdness around it was phenomenal actually was really phenomenal and it upset me that my friends would think that that I would feel um that they'd let me down somehow because they decided to have a baby (laughs) because that's not that's not how it was at all but I have to admit that it did get a bit intense when all of my friends around me were you know having kids and I didn't seem to have a community of women who were in my boat like I I didn't know where they were and I tried to reach out and I tried to find those kind of communities and it led me down some very strange paths I found some groups on Facebook that left me quite speechless actually um at the toxicity of hate that they had for people that had children I didn't last I think (laughs) a week in them um because every day it was a post on like a, a punching down post on breeders you know that's what they would call people who'd had children um and how much they hated children and how you know there should be child free flights and there should be this that and the other and I just think my God, the empathy and compassion had lost and I just wondered why these people were so bitter that there must be some underlying current as to why they're like they are. And so I swiftly left there. Um, I fell down some interesting holes in the internet searching for maybe support groups or, you know, 
anything I could find. <laughs> and I stumbled across quite a lot of chat groups about people who'd had children who wished they hadn't. And that was very sobering reading. And I felt for every single person that had reached out that started every comment with, I really deeply love my children, but I wish I hadn't had them. I wasn't meant to have kids. I didn't want kids, but I'd had them. You know, it was men and women. I had them for my partner or because I thought I should or... And I felt massive amounts of empathy and compassion for each and every person that one had stuck their head above the parapet and actually said that out loud because I can't even imagine the amounts of shame and guilt and blame that would be around those topics but also a sense of bravery that they were able to speak their truth and it was helpful to an extent but I knew it wasn't a place that I wanted to reside because I needed to find a way that I was okay with all of this. And so really the kind of defining moment of acceptance came when I started to talk about it and started to unashamedly admit that this is who I was, that I was a woman who didn't want kids, which seems ridiculous, doesn't it? When you think about it now, it seems like such, like, why would this even be a thing? But there's so many layers with it, so many layers of, of judgment from ourselves and our families and friends and partners and judgment from society and judgment about what you should do when you're married. I remember chatting to um, a lady once and she, her and her partner had been together for like about 10 or 12 years before they'd got married and I was like what a genius idea because everyone was then just bugging them about when they were going to get married and not when were they were going to have kids and actually they had quite a long fertility journey they they'd been told that they wouldn't be able to have kids and then eventually she did fall pregnant naturally um which was really lovely but it's it's something it's a subject that needs um so much compassion around it i take my hats off to parents i think you do such an amazing job one that i am absolutely not prepared to do <laughs> and you know you're awesome you're awesome you're the brave ones um but I do also think that there's some sort of kind of cult-esque mindset around it sometimes. And I wonder if when someone doesn't conform, we like to try and bring them back into the fold. And it's interesting to me how, um, I, I mean, I would be, I might be getting into the car with a friend. Well... I say friend loosely, an acquaintance more than anything, which kind of makes it worse. And anyway, once we were in the car, then the, you know, Spanish Inquisition would start of like, well, when are you going to have children? You know, you shouldn't be leaving it too late. And the, you know, uh, well, I 
it's fine just have your children because I don't like anybody else's children I like my own but I don't like anybody else's and I'm like that's interesting um and I I don't know I think I'd feel I don't know how I'd feel um about saying things like that I have also had conversations with my boss at work when I was nursing who put her to penithin and told me that I ought to be um settling down and and you know not gallivanting off traveling and doing all these wonderful things that I was doing with my life and I needed to settle down and have a baby for Mark and I remember this was a bit of a turning point actually because I say to people don't get mad get mischievous because you waste your energy getting cross I mean I spent a lot of my 30s clenching my fists under the table whilst I was having these conversations and wanting to just scream at people and now I just I get mischievous when people ask me or suggest stuff so when my boss was going on at me about how I ought to grow up and and have a baby I simply just turned to her and said listen I appreciate your care and attention to what you think I ought to do with my life but I just want you to know that my husband earns so much money like we are so so rich like so rich that I only come to work just to stop myself from being bored and it's not true uh but her face was an absolute picture her jaw hit the floor and I just carried on doing what I was doing and I never had any bother from it since and I had such um, a sense of joy (laughs) and accomplishment from saying that rather than telling her to fuck off and keep out of my own business because I think that would have fueled her more Um, so the reason for dropping this podcast it's a very vulnerable topic um I know that there will be friends and family that will listen to this and it might well be surprising for them to hear some of the things that I talk about and I don't mean this to be triggering to anybody in any way shape or form but it's a story that is part of me it's a big story that's part of me and I think it's a big story that is part of a lot of women and a lot of couples and if anyone is out there struggling please know that there is always another way. Always another way. If you want something enough, you will find a way through it. And please, please don't just fall into the trap of the memes and the the societal pulls that tell you just because you're doing one thing, then it has to end X, Y, or Z because it doesn't you are in charge of your own life and there is so many choices out there there are so many choices it might not be easy it might not be a linear line nothing ever is but there is a way through and I want to give you the hope that that article that I don't even know if it was real or not now but I want to be that for anyone who's listening now that is struggling or not or knows somebody that there is always another way and 
if you feel that not having children is something that is important to you and you know is is who you are then be true to that be true to you and really lean into those feelings because they're there for a reason now i'm through the other side i'm in my 40s i i know who i am i feel much more content about it i have no regrets about the path that i have taken because i i knew it <laughs> from a young age um and i'm proud of myself i'm really proud for standing in my own truth i'm really proud for owning my story i'm really proud for being able to talk about it like this sometimes it can still be difficult but ultimately we are the some parts of our stories and they're what make us stronger and they're what you know create us and and give us wisdom that we pass on to others and you don't need to have popped anything out of your vagina to be a mother. I think that's possibly one of the most sort of toxic feminist femininity things to think, actually. Because what does that make all the adoptive parents or foster parents out there? Um, and what what you don't you don't need to have had a child to be a mother you're you're capable of of mothering or being maternal to lots of things to you know godchildren or f friends f children or pets or your nieces and nephews there's lots of ways in which you can scratch that itch if you wish to and if you don't that's totally cool as well you know if you don't want to be anywhere near kids that's totally cool but it doesn't make you any less of a person, as of a woman, um, of being feminine or any of those things, like however you align, it doesn't make you any less of anything just because you've decided to use your uterus in a different way. Pregnancy and birth is wonderful. I'm very blessed and grateful for all of the births that I've been at and seen. And I wish all of those families all the love and health in the world. But it's not for me. And that's totally okay. So thank you for listening. I hope this has been of some help and use. And if you know anyone who could do with listening to these words, then please pass it on. And if you have any comments, do leave them on the podcast and... If you want to come over and chat to me on the grid, you absolutely can do. I'm always welcome to hear stories and chat to others. So big love to you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care. Lots of love. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved it, feel free to leave a comment and give us a follow. You can find more information on my website, thewellwomanproject.com, or come find me on the grid on Insta or on my Facebook page. You can also drop me an email, gemma at thewellwomanproject.com. Any information we've shared today will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Big love, Gem.